Views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Hello and welcome to Black Talk Radio News. This is a podcast that focuses on politics, current events, and social issues. The topic of this podcast, and today's date is May 24th, 2019. The topic of this podcast will be the USSA, United Surveillance State of America. I will take a look at a couple of news items related to the surveillance state of America and do my best to break down and give you my opinion on what is being disseminated to the public on the topic of surveillance of U.S. citizens. In fact, you know, we know from uh, past publications or information shared with us by the likes of people like Edward Snowden, who is living in exile outside of the United States at this time, that there is a global network of surveillance. So they're spying on everybody. But particularly, I'm concerned about the surveillance of U.S. citizens in this country. And I'm concerned about all citizens, although um, I must point out as a member of the black community that our community has been targeted by the surveillance agencies of the United States for since their inception, I would say, in order to uh, subvert our political movements and social movements for justice. Now, before I get into the articles related to the surveillance state of America, the USSA, there is another article that caught my eye yesterday that I think is very important for me to share with our Black Talk Radio audience because this particular information that originated on NBCnews.com and also being circulated by, I should say, uh, I'm not sure, is the griot still on um, by Univision? I'm not sure. I saw something yesterday that Byron Allen might have purchased it, but I, I have not verified that information, but it targets black people. And it does have black writers, but a lot of times these black writers, um, particularly one uh, who published a variation of the information that I'm about to share with you, do not treat the information seriously. Um, they joke about a lot of stuff, and it, this is a serious matter. Now, I first became aware of this in the mainstream media um, when I saw Malcolm Nance, who is, I don't know if he's currently still working in the intelligence field, but Malcolm Nance did do some work uh, with U.S. intelligence as a private contractor, I believe, after he got out the Navy or whatever branch of service that he's in. And I saw him on Roland Martin's uh, YouTube program and he was, you know, this is again, as we're starting, well, I shouldn't say wind down the, uh, Russia gate conspiracy theories that was hoisted upon the American people by political actors with, uh, a greater assistance by the mainstream media. But Malcolm Nance was on there talking about the Russians, um, you know, producing propaganda to target black people to disrupt relations between the races here in the United States as if in the history of the United States, there's ever been great race relations. Now, I don't want to say that, you know, the different uh, communities are in open, hostile warfare against one another because that's that's just simply not the case. But there are elements um, but he was talking about the Russians were the source of the theory or the conspiracy theory that the United States created AIDS 
uh, to wipe out black people. He said without any presenting any sort of evidence that the United States government created AIDS to target the black community and the Russians started that com conspiracy theory. Now, I had an opportunity when I first got in to broadcasting in 2007 is when I started. So it was sometime or shortly after I started that I had an opportunity to interview um, Mr. Boyd Graves. Now, Mr. Boyd Graves is no longer with us. I'm not sure the exact year that he died, but he suffered from AIDS and what have you. Um, but he was one of those who put that conspiracy theory out there that the U.S. government was behind AIDS. And then you also had uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam also say the same thing. And as I stated on the YouTube video at the time, and to Malcolm Nance himself on uh, in reply to him on Twitter, was that this is ridiculous. Unless you're saying that you uncovered evidence which you didn't share any evidence. You just made the statement and we're supposed to buy into it. Um, but unless you can show us some documents, some emails, some communications or, or something, you know, Minister Farrakhan traveling to Russia and then coming back and start talking about the U.S. government created AIDS. If you can show that Mr. Boyd Graves was a Russian agent, Propaganda agent, you know, circulating this theory, then, you know, um, unless you have those things, then I don't believe what you're saying. And given the time frame in, in which you said that, because I've never heard anyone say that, is that, you know, you're part of the establishment, um, who is using all of this red baiting and hysteria, hysteria, uh, concerning Russia interfering and meddling in some elections in Russia, um, or Putin, uh, having Donald Trump as his puppet and what have you, you know, um, it, it's just a shame. It's just a shame that journalists don't vet these people or vet their information or even question it. So now there is something that has come out in a similar, th uh, uh, vein. Now, the Grio published a very, uh, unprofessional, so I would even say satirical, except for it was talking about a real report that came out of NBCnews.com. And so I went to the source, NBCnews.com. Russian documents reveal desire to sow racial discord and violence in the United States. So let me open up this article. By the way, it is posted in BTR community, our social media community for our radio platform. Uh, you can become a member of BTRcommunity.com for just $24 a year. It helps fund our nonprofit new media organization, Black Talk Media Project, which is responsible for the Black Talk Radio Network. So it says the revelation comes as U.S. intelligence agencies have warned of probable Russian meddling in the 2020 election. So, it says, Russians who were linked to interference in the 2016 U.S. election discussed ambitious plans to stoke unrest and even violence inside the U.S. as recently as 2018, according to documents reviewed by NBC News. The documents communications between associates of, and y'all forgive me if I don't pronounce these Russian names uh, properly. Um, I don't speak Russian, and um, so therefore I'm probably going to mess up these names, but um, it seems like it says Eugeny Prazin, a Kremlin-linked oligarch indicted by special counsel Robert Mueller for previous influence operations against the U.S., laid out a new plot to manipulate and radicalize African-Americans. The plan shows that his circle has sought to exploit racial tensions well beyond Russia's social media and misinformation efforts tied to the 2016 elections. And, and just for full disclosure, I think that that is garbage. Um, 
so what somebody, if it's true that they posted some ads unfavorable to Hillary Clinton or what have you, um, you know, uh, I do not think that that had anything to do with her losing. I has to, I think that she lost due to her unelectability. She had very unfavorable rates among independents and Republicans. And so, you know, even a lot of people that voted for, no, I shouldn't say a lot, but enough people who voted for Barack Obama would not vote for Hillary. And Obama himself said she ran a soulless robotic campaign that was built on slogans and what have you. So you know, again, attempt to make excuses for one of the most unelectable uh, politicians in U.S. history in Hillary Clinton. Anyway, it says the documents were obtained through the Dossier Center, a London-based investigative project funded by the Russian opposition figure Mikhail Kordakovsky. Kordakovsky. NBC News has not independently verified the materials, but forensic analysis by the Dossier Center appear to substantiate the communication. So stop right there. This is a very short article, but I want to stop right there. Okay. And the reason I want to stop right there is here they are. And then, and, and then this goes with the Christopher Steele Dossier Dossier that, um, you know, the Clinton campaign paid GPS fusion for oppositional research to dig up dirt on Donald Trump and saying that there were P tapes of him and he was open to blackmail and all that kind of stuff. And now we know that um it's unverified that that dossier was unverified. And some people within the FBI, you know, raised that concern, but they pushed it through anyway to get um a, a FISA warrant to uh, surveil, do surveillance on the Trump campaign. All right. So, but here we have NBC News publishing an unverified report. They said they couldn't verify it. Now, it says that the Dossier Center appeared to substantiate the communications. But guess what? The Dossier Center, Center is the one who published the information. They created the information. And this person, Mikhail, uh, Kordakovsky, a very rich man, used to be a billionaire until he got busted and arrested and in prison for fraud in Russia. Um, and then, you know, for some reason, Putin pardoned him. And now he's uh, apparently living in, um, I think he's living in Switzerland, I think. But he is the one who has funded all of this. You know, um, I'm sure that he isn't biased against the Russians uh, for him losing much of his fortune and what have you. But anyway, just the absurdity of, you know, a so-called professional news organization saying that I can't independ, we can't independently verify the materials, but you know, the people who produced the report appeared to substantiate the communication. What, what is appear to either they did or they didn't see these are, this is the stuff we talk about on our network about you have to be wary of propaganda coming from U.S. based media. And I don't want to go, you know, on to a whole nother topic about propaganda, the history of propaganda uh, pushed through by news corporations based here in the United States. Not saying that they're the only ones who do it, but, you know, I live here. Um, and so I'm most affected by their propaganda. Now it says one document said that President Donald Trump's election had deepened conflicts in American society and suggested that if successful, the influence project would undermine the country's territorial integrity and military and economic potential. Now, as a couple of social media com, uh, com, uh, commenters have stated, this is absurd. This is absurd. As if you got Russian cops on American streets shooting down black people. You know, the whole thing about Colin, why Colin Kaepernick decided to take a knee. So, you know, uh, here we got as if Russian prisons have imprisoned 
more Americans than any other country on the face of the planet, particularly black people. Okay. So it, it's just absurd and it shouldn't be taken serious. There have been, there has been unrest in the United States concerning Africans and later African Americans since the first Africans were enslaved and brought over here on a ship and, and disembarked in the colony of Virginia. Okay. So anyway, just the absurdity to think that Russians, the Russians could mount an influence project to undermine the country's territorial integrity and military and economic potential. Um, that's just so absurd. All right. The revelations come as U.S. intelligence agencies have warned of probable Russian meddling in the 2020 election. And again, what, what is this meddling? Publishing ads on social media? Come on, really? The documents contain proposals for several ways to further exacerbate racial discord in the future. You mean like the Russians was behind that, that cop in Dallas who shot that black woman in the face point blank? Russians were behind that? Okay, all right. Including a suggestion to recruit African Americans and transport them to camps in Africa for combat prep and training and sabotage. Those recruits would then be sent back to America to foment violence and work to establish a pan-African state in the South, particularly in South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Now, let me tell you how, how absurd this is. So what they're, what they're reporting is and what the intelligence agency is saying, we better keep close surveillance on any black people, particularly African Americans, who travel to Africa because they're going to Africa not to, you know, get in touch with the cultural roots or to view some of the um, um, forts and stuff where their ancestors were enslaved on the coast, uh, west coast of Africa or, or repatriating back to Africa. Well, I shouldn't say back to Africa, but, you know, uh, uh, taking up some of those African nations like Ghana on their citizen uh, ship proposals for African Americans as a form of reparations. Okay. No, people are going to Africa. Black people are going to Africa because they're going to go to these terrorist training camps and then they're going to come back here. Y'all see where this is going? You, you see where this is going? In? And this does tie into the USSA, the United Surveillance State of America. Now, this part where it talks about work to establish a pan-African state in the South is particularly insulting to me, and it should be insulted to all the members of the Republic of New Africa. And don't quote me on this, but the Republic of New Africa was founded in the 80s. And what did the Republic of New Africa want? Well, they wanted... Southern states, I'm not sure all of them, but it was South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. I think Florida was, was included in there as well. And they wanted the same thing that some U.S. veterans, African Americans, uh, after the Civil War wanted. They wanted their own land. They wanted to establish their own nation. Yeah, Lincoln asked a couple of them what they wanted, and that's what they said. We want our own nation because these white people ain't going to stop practicing racism, and they're going to keep terrorizing us. So we want land to build our own nation. We don't want to go back. We don't want to be sent to Africa, a place many of us have never been and, and what have you. And, and, you know, we help build this country. So we want land. We want reparations in the form of land so we can create our new nation called the Republic of New Africa. This occurred in the 80s. Their very first president was a, a personal hero of mine, a fellow North Carolinian by the name of Robert F. Williams. If you haven't read the book or seen the documentary, Negroes with Guns, um, that will, um, you know, give you some background information about, um, the freedom fighter who was Robert F. Williams and shout out to his wife, 
Mabel Williams as well as she was uh right there by his side, uh freedom fighting right alongside of the rest of the community. All right. So but if you're not a student of African American history, you would think the Russians created this. So is that what this Russian dissident this former billionaire who got busted for fraud, um, who started the dossier center to, to, uh, produce propaganda or quote unquote intelligence against Russia. Um, is he saying that, um, back in the eighties that the Russians are the ones who, uh, influenced Robert F. Williams and the other founding members of the Republic of New Africa to propose that, uh, the United States set aside a pan African state in the South? Huh? Of course not. Of course not. So again, this is why critical thinking is important and it's extremely important when you're reading. Uh, anything from U.S. media, particularly uh, corporate media, all right? So it goes on to say there is no indication that the plan, which is light on details, oh, I'm so surprised, was ever put into action. But it offers a fresh example of the mindset around Russian efforts to sow discord in the U.S. while the blueprint entitled Development strategy of a pan-African state on U.S. territory floated the ideal of enlisting poor, formerly incarcerated African-Americans who have experience in organized crime groups as well as members of radical black movements for participation in civil disobedience actions. Wow. Wow. And I'm going to play a clip later. There's a hearing going on in, in Congress about uh, black identity extremists and the FBI, y'all know, created that term out of thin air and put it out there to law enforcement, uh, departments. Again, this is the history. This is something the FBI has done, um, for since its inception and undermining the freedom movements of African Americans. This, this is just, this is just so insulting to me. And again, here we have NBC News admitting that they couldn't verify this, but the people who gave it to us verified it, but we didn't verify it. And again, why, why do we pay these people any attention? Well, I pay them attention because I want to be aware of the propaganda that they're putting out so that I can then break it down with my audience. So just the ridiculousness of this. Okay. Now, I'm sure the Russians have counterintelligence program. Of course they do. They got the KGB and other. But let's not act like the United States isn't doing the same thing. Okay. How do you think, though, who was funding those Nazis in the Ukraine? Okay. Who do you think? So, uh, again, you know, we have to put on our critical thinking caps and we have to be very skeptical about anything that comes out uh, from anyone. Even me, you should verify my information. But just to give you some background information on the, on the source of this information, um, I looked it up. Something in the griot, I guess the guy, uh, Michael Harriet, I think it's his name. He's always telling jokes and trying to be funny in his articles. Maybe he was too busy trying to crack wise then to look up these people and give you a serious breakdown of the information that NBC News is putting out. So let me just open this up again. All of this is posted in a thread um, I have for my profile of BTR News with Scotty Reed inside of btrcommunity.com. Let's see. Um, Mikhail uh, Kordakovsky, who is Russian, uh, is an exiled Russian businessman, a philanthropist, and former oligarch, now a resident in Switzerland. In 2003, Kordakovsky was believed to be the wealthiest man in Russia with a fortune estimated to be worth $15 billion and was ranked 16th on Forbes' list of billionaires. He had worked his way up the uh, Kamasomo apparatus, I don't know what that is, during the Soviet years, and then started several businesses during the period of Glasnost and Perestroika. 
ended in the late 1980s. After the dissolution, uh, dissolution of the Soviet Union in the mid-1990s, he accumulated considerable wealth by attaining control of a number of Serbian oil fields unified under the name Yukos, one of the major companies to emerge from the privatization privatization of state assets during the 1990s. So, you know, he was very adept capitalist. In October of 2003, he was arrested by Russian authorities and charged with fraud. The government under Russian President Vladimir Putin then froze shares of Yukos shortly thereafter on tax charges. Putin's government took further actions against Yukos, leading to a collapse of the company's share price and an evaporation of much of Kudakovsky's wealth. In May 20, 2005, he was found guilty and sentenced to nine years in prison. In December of 2010, while he was still serving his sentence, Kudakovsky and his business partner, Platon Lebedev, were further charged with and found guilty of embezzlement and money laundering. Kordakovsky's prison sentence was extended to 2014. After Hans Dietrich uh, Geischer lobbied for his release, that's a German I propose, um, President Vladimir Putin pardoned Kordakovsky, releasing him from jail in December of 2013. Okay, so that's who this guy is. That's who this guy is. Do you really trust this guy? And again, you know, I, I don't want to hold uh, the status of a former convict against people because I know a lot of people are in prison here in the United States, in prison by the states and the federal government and not the Russians. But, you know, and they're, they have uh, a lot of them have are there unjustly. But I can't say that about this person. Okay. But it does make him suspect. It does give him an uh, axe to grind against this, uh, 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 I was about to say the Soviet Union, but the Russian government and, and Putin in particular, even though Putin pardoned him. Um, the Dossier Center, I looked it up as, as well. And again, he's the one who started the, uh, Dossier Center. This is the source of NBC News information. The, it says the Dossier Center tracks the criminal activity of various people associated with the Kremlin. Currently, power in Russia is held by a de facto criminal organization that operates from within the Kremlin. This criminal organization consists of a complex web of individuals ranging from high-ranking politicians to regional police chiefs. The Dossier Center maps out this network, compiling extensive case files against corrupt individuals and the institutions they may control. You mean like you? You know, this is exactly what you got arrested for. Corruption, embezzlement, and what have you. So again, this is, this is the dubious source that NBC News is using that is saying that the Russians is trying to start racial violence in the U.S. between black people and the U.S. government. And they also are, tell, are, are trying to, uh, train black people in Africa to become subversives and, 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 uh, terrorists and what have you to undermine stability in the United States with the ultimate goal of setting up a African state within the United States. And everybody's just running with this. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but again, most of the mainstream media is running with this without doing any kind of background research on these people to see if they have any ulterior ulterior motives in, in what they're doing. Okay. All right. So I, I wanted to share that because I was really, really disturbed by not just this article, but the uh, related article that was published by the Griot. Again, I do not like the writer Michael Harriet because he's always joking and everything's funny to him. He's always cracking wise. And he was talking about the Russians was trying to set up the pan-African state of Wakanda in here. And it was all basically jokes. It was no serious investigation into the sources of NBC News. He just pushed the information as is from NBC News and then start cracking jokes. 
look, people, we ain't got time for fun and games. We live in serious, serious uh, uh, time in the world. All right. So I want to take a station identification break. Uh, you're listening to BTR News. Please support our independent black media platforms that we have created by making a donation today to the Black Talk Media Project. You can find uh, PayPal buttons and our address if you want to send a check or money order uh, on our website, our main platform, blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Now, I mentioned before the break um, that I wanted to talk about this hearing, particularly uh, Representative Ayanna Presley questioning some individuals about the FBI's Black Identity Extremist Report that they circulated uh, to um, police departments across the United United States like you know that wasn't going to create instability and and problems and what have you and make the police more paranoid than they already are and you know to the point that they shooting black women in the face at point blank unarmed black women at that in the face okay as if you know we won't see that happening happen again but anyway before that um Alexand Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was questioning um, some individuals about facial recognition technology that Amazon has come up with called recognition. All right, and selling it to police departments and government agencies. Let me pull up. This article, there's also an audio clip that I want to share with you because, uh, again, we're under total surveillance in the so-called land of the free, um, which we really know is home of the world's largest prison slave population. But here, this article comes to you from FastCompany.com. Here's AOC calling out the vicious cycle of white men building bias face artificial intelligence. Let me read a little bit about from this article. Um, AOC is good at cutting to the heart of matters in her questioning of witnesses during hearings. That ability was on full display during today's House Oversight and Reform Committee hearing on facial recognition technology, where she asked a few pointed questions of Joy Bulamawini, the founder of the Algorithmic Justice League, the AJL, AJL, and got some direct answers about algorithm. I'm I'm sorry, I'm butchering this word. Uh, they're talking about algorithmics, um, gender and race bias. So here is that clip from AOC. Let me just get that queued up for you. Miss Bulamini, I I heard your opening statement, and we saw that these algorithms are. Um, effective to different degrees. So are, are they most effective on women? No. Are they most effective on people of color? Absolutely not. Are they most effective on people of different gender expressions? No, in fact, they exclude them. So what demographic is it mostly effective on? White men. And who are the primary engineers and designers of these algorithms? Definitely white men. So... We have a technology that was created and designed by one demographic that is only mostly effective on that one demographic, and they're trying to sell it and impose it on the entirety of the country? So we have the pale male data sets being used as something that's universal when that isn't actually the case when it comes to representing the full sepia of humanity. And do you think that this could exacerbate the already egregious uh, inequalities in our, in our criminal justice system? It already is. Thank you very much. I yield the rest of my time to the... All right, so it says after the segment shown in the clip, the lady being questioned, Bula uh, Lam 
Winnie went on to explain that facial recognition systems trained and tuned to identify white males might return false positives on or misidentify persons of color. For example, this could result in someone being unfairly labeled a criminal for life, she said. Um, and it is, she's talking about a database where they create databases, uh, you know, list of people and what have you, uh, something that fascist governments do. Um, her research at MIT into the errors of facial recognition system has been widely cited in discussions around machine bias. After her experiments show that Amazon's face software recognition has particular Difficulty identifying women and people of color, the company was unusually vocal in refuting her findings. I didn't know their reaction would be quite so hostile, she told the AP last month. Well, you, you're talking about cutting into their profits in way. They want to sell this recognition software to police departments, not just in the United States, but to any fascist government that wants to set up mass surveillance of its population okay uh, and and so that's why they so hostile that that shouldn't be a, a secret to anyone now the facial recognition hearing happened on the same day that amazon's investors voted down a measure seeking to stop the sale of recognition to government agencies. Shareholders also voted down a measure directing Amazon to perform a review of the civil liberties implications of its face recognition technology. The measures were proposed by activists, investors, and employees, partly based on uh, Bula Bulam Winnie's research, but were vehemently opposed by Amazon. So even some of their own uh, employees and investors um, saw problems with this. But the overall uh, board, the people who make the decision said, you know, they put profit over people. Um, you know, no surprise there. No surprise there. So again, this is about the USSA, the United States. Or, or excuse me, the United Surveillance State of America. We should be very, very concerned about this. You know, just the other day I saw um, on Twitter, I was on Twitter and somebody posted a video. I believe it was in Dallas. Well, there was a black man who was in his own yard. Uh, I think he was playing with his children or something, but the family was out in on their front lawn. And here comes this cop looking to detain him, talking about he looks like someone who has a warrant issued for them. And guess where the warrant was issued at? In Louisiana. Dallas, in case you didn't know, you know, well, I'm talking about Dallas, Texas, because, you know, we do have a Dallas here in North Carolina, Dallas, North Carolina. But this happened in Dallas, Texas. What is a Dallas police officer doing with, warrants from Louisiana and of course it wasn't the guy and it was the guy you know was was trying to get the slave catchers I mean um police officers to um you know realize that they were making a mistake and you need to get off my property and I'm not that person and you talking about I look like but you're not sure and what have you but I'm not him I don't have to show you um, my ID, I'm not doing any crime. I'm out here in, in the yard with my family. And you trying to arrest me and detain me, put handcuffs on me in front of my children. It's not about to go down like that. But some way or another, I think they finally got the ID and it wasn't him. But of course, to and these were white cops, all black people look alike. So it's not just AI that has, uh, 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 by Amazon, their recognition technology, uh, has problems identifying individual people of color, particularly black people. Uh, you know, it, it's these cops as well. I mean, that's a perfect example of that. Again, we live in a USSA. That is why I close out my program by saying I'm, or I used to open it up. You know, I haven't done a podcast in a while. Um, I've done other broadcasting, but not for BTR News. And I say, you know, I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. 
I'm in a nation that the 13th Amendment says it's legal to put a person in involuntary servitude and slavery if you convict them of a crime. It has the world's largest prison slave population. Most of the people in there shouldn't even be in there. They're in there for because of Joe Biden's drug war. Joe Biden and the Democrats and the Republicans, they all, you know, are, are, are part of that uh, push to lock up a whole bunch of people and make money for the prison industrial complex. So, you know, shout out to AOC uh, for bringing this up. There needs to be legislation banning this. Something needs to be done. So, now, let me move on. I am Representative Ayanna Presley talking about the FBI. And, and also, I want to just mention that a majority, according to a poll by the Hill Harris X survey, a majority of registered voters say they support a new Department of Justice inquiry into whether official procedures were followed when the FBI began examining, examining allegations of connections between Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign with Russia. Again, those FISA warrants were based off of unverified Information paid for by the Clinton campaign, bought it from GPS Fusion. The uh, uh, dossier, was called, known as the Steele dossier, was created by a foreign, a, a foreign ex-spook using Russian contacts and, and what to allegedly to say that PP tapes of Donald Trump being peed on. Um, that could be used to blackmail him, uh, existing right. None of this stuff was verified, but yet people lied on a FISA warrant and got a warrant to surveil his campaign. Listen, I'm not a Donald Trump fan. I think he's very unstable. I definitely do not like his foreign policy. I do not like a lot of his domestic policy. And I do believe that, you know, he needs to be voted out of office, but what I'm not going to do is use my feelings to color my opinion on what the FBI does. The FBI has a history, a history since its inception of engaging in, let's just call them anti-American, even though that's just propaganda, but anti-American, anti-constitutional, I should say, anti-constitutional illegalities spying, surveillance. That's how J. Edgar Hoover accumulated so much power. He was spying on everybody and he would blackmail politicians and what have you to keep his position. Again, this man was in this position for darn near 40 years. And if you don't know about COINTELPRO, you need to look it up. So I bring that up to say you got a lot of people not the majority, but a lot of people who are buying into everything that the FBI said, like it's some upstanding uh, uh, moral uh, agency that can be trusted. And I don't, and the history says no, the evidence says no, you shouldn't trust them, especially if you're black. So if you want them black Democrats out there or in mainstream media that is still pushing this Russia is our enemy and buying into the Russians trying to get black people to start a pan-African, you know, just stop it. Just stop it. I know a lot of us buy into things because it confirms the biases that we already have. But you know what? That doesn't lead to justice. It doesn't lead to just outcomes. And this isn't about Trump. This is about the United Surveillance State of America. Only reason some of y'all buying into it is because you don't like Trump, which I don't either. And that's why you're buying into it. You're siding with the FBI. You're not being objective. You're not reviewing the facts. Or you're very selective in the information that uh, you want to believe. But anyway, as I get ready to wrap up this podcast, here's Representative Ayanna Presley 
basically showing you everything that I told you, especially as it pertains to black people and the FBI. And the chair now recognizes the gentle lady from Massachusetts, Ms. Presley. Uh, thank you, uh, Madam Chair. There is not a single doubt in my mind that the growing number of hate crimes taking place in this country are a byproduct of the hateful rhetoric being spewed regularly by the current occupant of our White House. This administration has emboldened white nationalism, white supremacy, and far-right extremism, including anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, all while suggesting these groups do not present a growing threat to our communities and national security. We know otherwise, and the witness testimony we've heard today is further proof that this is not the case. I want to thank the witnesses for being with us today, and I want to extend my deepest condolences to Mrs. Bro and the countless other families who have lost loved ones due to intolerance, hate, and bigotry. Mrs. Bro, your courage to come before us today and to stand up for what is right is a testament to the love that guided Heather's life and her quest for racial and social justice. Although there is no hierarchy of hurt throughout our nation's history, hate crimes have disproportionately impacted the black community. Since 1995, black Americans have been victims of 66% of all racially motivated hate crimes. The numbers don't lie. Black Americans continue to find themselves at the greatest risk. This year marks 400 years since the first African slaves arrived on the shores of Jamestown in the hull of ships robbed of their freedom, culture, and humanity. Racism against black Americans is entrenched in the enslavement of our African ancestors and has manifested in our nation's institutions and policies. And despite the progress we've made as a country, black Americans are still treated as second-class citizens, disproportionately targeted for driving while black, walking while black, lunching while black, organizing while black, literally existing while black. In 2017, an FBI intelligence assessment leaked identifying quote-unquote black identity extremists as a prime threat to law enforcement officers. To be clear here, the FBI was tracking peaceful protesters while advising local law enforcement agencies that these groups were a violent threat. This is the same agency that secretly spied on Dr. King and civil rights activists for their pursuit of equality for black Americans, a movement that at the time of telling the truth was vilified, and yet today we celebrate. Mr. Austin or German, yes or no, since I have limited time, do you believe that so-called black identity extremists are a significant threat to law enforcement? Yes or no? Uh, the name BIE is a made-up term that is reckless, and that is something that is simply going to continue the problems that we are seeing right now, where a thousand people die at the hands of law enforcement every year. Uh, it should have never been put out. It should have never been given to state and local. It should have never been done. And I agree with that statement. Okay. So, again, for the record, do you believe that so-called black identity extremists are a significant threat to law enforcement? No, I don't believe there's such a thing. Thank you. Mr. German, are you aware of any data that would justify the FBI's focus on that issue or surveillance of groups like Black Lives Matter? Uh, no, not data that would justify that. I don't believe there's data that would justify that kind of surveillance. Are you aware of the agency's use of face recognition technology to survey and target groups like Black Lives Matter? Uh, I'm aware that facial recognition technology is being used in law enforcement broadly and by the FBI as well. And at a time when black Americans are three times more likely to be killed by police, a document like the FBI's intelligence assessment is not just misleading, it is reckless and dangerous. Uh, Mr. German, what do you see as the danger posed by the FBI's messaging on so-called black identity extremists? Well, if you, if you look at that intelligence assessment, it, it has a lot of information, very poorly analyzed, putting things that are not related together uh, in a way that poses a, a, a scary message to law enforcement without any advice about what to do about it. So all that they can do is be afraid that, that black activists pose a threat to them. So when any kind of group goes out to, to engage in its First Amendment rights, the way the police are going to respond to them is as, as if they are a physical threat to law enforcement, and that can be very dangerous. All right, and since I'm running out of time, uh, Madam Chair, I ask unanimous consent to include a statement for the record from Rabbi Jason Kimmelman-Block, director of Ben the Ark Jewish Action. 
Without objection, so ordered. Thank you. Uh, one of Heather's last Facebook posts shared was, and I quote, if you're not outraged, you're not paying attention, unquote. I hope this conversation sparks the outrage that we need to finally shed light on the evils of white nationalism and far-right extremism and invokes the will and the courage to tackle it, yelled head on. Thank you, and I yield. So I want to... Okay, so what I heard is that the FBI is the enemy of black people, have always been so and still continues to be. Now, again, if you are one of these people that have put so much faith in the FBI's uh, so-called investigation into the Trump campaign, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? What gives you faith in the FBI, given what we've heard, given their history, that you can trust them on anything? No, it's because you're in opposition to Donald Trump and you're being selective and you're going to believe them on this. Um, but, you know, hopefully you're not believing them on the black identity extremist label that they just made up and pulled out their behind because they wanted to stop another movement by another generation for social equality for black people in this country. I'm telling you, we live in the USSA, the United Surveillance State of America. And with that said, recognize the fact that you live behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. And that you have to be very cautious about what's going on. And you have to be vocal in your opposition to this. Do not become afraid, but become encouraged to fight back against this corporate and government fascism. Peace and blessings to all. This has been Scotty Reed. I'm out.